Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 106, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy. We bring you the latest news from the ACHA and AAU college hockey off-seasons. Summer is wrapping up. We are right around the corner. Plenty of ACHA and AAU college hockey action in the near future. It is a great time to be a hockey fan. The dog days are over. College hockey is on the horizon. Teams heading back to campus pretty soon here. It's a very exciting time. Collins, you just wrapped up your internship today, so I'm sure you're very excited to jump on the pod tonight. How goes it? It's been good. It's been a busy two weeks since we last recorded. Made my professional photography debut at Athletes Unlimited. Shout out to Kate Dever getting me that media pass. That was that was awesome. Went to Moonrise with my teammate. For those who don't know, it's a kind of like Electric Daisy Carnival EDC. If you're into EDM, you got to go to a festival at some point. It's just once you see it live, there, there's nothing that can compare to it. Listening on your phone or on just a regular speaker just isn't the same. Started getting on the ice a little bit more. Trained last Friday. Played men's league this Monday. Played with the uh, the 50-year-olds. Had a shutout, which was nice. A little 8 to nothing shutout. Threw some poke checks on some 30-year-old guys guys today went to goalies plus up in harrisburg got a new set of pants so pretty excited about that but a lot has happened and that's just kind of like the short of it in the past two weeks it's been really really busy part of the reason we we didn't record last week i was wrapping up my internship as well going back to new hampshire Herm, what have you been up to lately? Because I know you were just as busy. Yeah, it's been wild here in Utica. We had the NCBS, the National Collegiate Box Series, come to town, and I cut my teeth executive producing for them. My boss my boss talked to me and asked, he was like, is there any shot you can help set up the broadcast? And I pulled back from my Twitch days, uh, streaming Chell and my knowledge of OBS, and built the broadcast, built a replay system, built a telescore integration, was there for three, four days, making sure that everything went well going back and forth with the nll the streams went off without a hitch and there it was rave reviews and really really proud to make it happen we've been talking a lot of lacrosse this summer considering we're a hockey podcast and yeah what was it bush league like the nabll there herm no not at all it was it i think that i think the big thing with the ncbs and it's an acha thing as well the matching uniforms were a really nice touch that's always good. Herb, you've also, let's talk about it too, because you've been busy lately spearheading the photo of the year challenge, which has been awesome to see the submissions coming in and out, the judging that is going on. I don't think we really got a chance to talk about this last episode, but how cool has it been to see the reception that that's had? It's been awesome. I- I'll pull up the numbers here. It was an insane reception. Numbers just kept going up and up. 348 total entries, 622 submitted photos. 117 individual photographers. I cut that down as the entries were all coming in to 311 photos that went to the judges, shooting for 96 remaining photos that go out for public vote after judging. There may be a little bit of a switch that I make to go to 10 in each category to make things a little bit easier on myself. TBD, just based on scheduling and uh, whether Instagram is cool with us tagging that many people on the story at once. It's been awesome to see so many different teams so many familiar faces that submitted to photo spotlight the judges being all over it it's been a blast 
And if you're an outsider, you're new to listening and you're like, why are these guys always talking about their cameras and the photos that they take? Since day one, I've always joked that when you're building non-varsity college hockey program in the ACHA or AAU college hockey, the first thing you need to do is you need to hire a coach, someone to lead the charge. The second thing you should do is hire the photographer because the best thing that you can do for your program is get it out there, show off the jerseys, show people what it looks like. And when people see photos and they see cool jerseys, when they see action shots, then they know you exist and they want to go play there. So that's why we're so heavy media based. We love talking about the photographers. Herm has a photography background. It's really cool to show off some of the best photographers in the league and we want to reward them for the work that they do because a lot of these photographers, it's, you know, they're getting into sports. This is the experience that they're gaining. And most of them, if not all of them, will have great careers in sports ahead because of what they are able to accomplish at the ACHA and the AAU college level. Not only that, but like photography at the ACHA level surprisingly opens a lot of doors. Like we've talked in the past, there's guys at the NHL level, Herm at the AHL level. There's so many talented photographers that have come out of the ACHA. And I think that's because of the creative freedom that working for a non-varsity program allows. You're not bound by the restrictions of varsity athletics in a way, if, if you get what I mean. Yeah, definitely. And I've had a taste of what you guys get to do all the time this week and in a sentence that I never, ever thought I would say in my entire life. I'm happy to announce that I'm coming to you all live tonight at the Super 8 in McCall, Idaho. The crazy places that hockey will take you, the crazy places covering Club hockey will take you. It has been a very exciting journey. We've kept this a secret for a very long time now. We've known pretty much for the summer that this was going to happen. And I've had the fortunate opportunity to attend Utah Hockey's training camp this week up in McCall. I flew into Salt Lake City on Monday morning out of Boston was picked up by team president, AJ Bolden, who has just done a terrific job. Great hospitality here. They got me set up in a room, hanging out with the team, getting all the meals, getting all the coverage so that you folks at home can have a taste of what they do up here in Idaho for the Utah Utes and how they get ready for the season. I've been following along with their ACHA M1 team, their ACHA M2 team, and their ACHA women's team, and it has just been a blast. This is the first part of hopefully a season-long series where we go to different schools and showcase the best that non-varsity college hockey has to offer here in the United States. It's been a long time coming. It has been a long week, lots of travel, five-hour flight to Salt Lake City, seven-and-a-half-hour drive up to McCall, Idaho. My knees are never going to forgive me for this travel, but I'm having a blast. It has been great to be here. We're going to be joined by Utah Division One ACHA Captain Dylan Dixon a little bit here, get a live interview from the Super 8 here in McCall, and it's just been awesome. And so I, I wanted to say we're very excited with what's ahead. This is just the tip of the iceberg, but again, wanted to shout out to Utah President and Men's GM AJ Bolden, Women's GM Amy Frost, Men's 1 Head Coach Morgan Feeney, Women's 1 Head Coach Rodney Stett, and Men's 2 Head Coach Nick Fornelius. It's just been great being in Utah, and I've been trying my best. They're busy days, but I've been trying my best to keep you boys updated with everything we're doing. I think the craziest thing I saw today that I sent you guys was the bumper boats on ice that they have between ice slots here in McCall. And it has just been very, very exciting opportunity for myself, the Hockey House pod, and, and the entire club hockey landscape to get a taste of, of what they do out here. Can you, I mean, I don't know if this is going to spoil the episode a bit. 
but can you explain what happened with that goalie's leg pads? Yeah, so we'll have a clip. Joe is one of their returning goalies. He goes, oh, yeah, I actually didn't follow the Hockey House pod. Whoa, you guys have 35,000 followers? That's sick. So Joe, great guy. He's got a beat up pair of Bauer Vapor pads. And when I say beat up, like they still look kind of clean, but he had a a cut right above the toe. A shot came in on a two on one and somebody was trying to go far pad and they just absolutely ripped it. And it went right into the cut and the puck got stuck in there. So he came over to the bench. He was like, hey, you mind like helping me get this puck out? And I thought that meant like, Oh, like he just like he couldn't reach the puck like it was just lodged between the pad and the skate. No, the puck was fully in his pad. He ended up just taking the pad off and reaching in. And I thought we were going to need a hammer to get it out. But I was talking to him today. I was like, dude, you're going to like you want me to send you that video so you can send that to Bauer? Like, I don't think that should happen. Like, we got to get you a new set or something because that that was crazy. And and again, like I I sent you guys a text, but you never know what you're going to find in the ACHA. It's been awesome to be here and just still only a couple months removed from college, but I forgot how much fun it is to be on the bus with the boys. Like they were doing the the rookie intros on the bus ride up and, you know, everyone was singing, doing the intros. And it, I had a front row seat because I was sitting at the front of the bus with the other media members. It was good to be back on the bus. I, I didn't mind the long drive because it, it felt like I was in the right place. So it's been an awesome experience. And like I said, we're, we got Utah M1 Captain Dylan Dix hopping on here in a bit for all you Utah folks who are listening. Thank you so much for the hospitality. But that's kind of the the lead this week. Plenty of news to cover. Again, it's kind of that weird time where I feel like there's not as much news because teams start to go quiet a little bit. They're gearing up for tryouts, filling out their USA hockey registrations, their AAU registrations, getting the club sports paperwork filled out. Everybody's getting locked in this time of year, but we got a couple things. I wanted to talk about this one because it doesn't really relate to the ACHA, but at the same time it does. College football, man, like that landscape is completely different than it was two weeks ago when we recorded. The only thing that I can think of, like what if the Pac-12 had just added hockey sooner? Like you look at the schools in the Pac-12, Arizona State was already Division One. Known success story, Arizona State. You got University of Arizona building a rink. Washington off the heels of the Kraken and their success in the NHL. Oregon's always in the mix with their jerseys. They just made the jump to ACHA M1. So many cool stories in the Pac-12 and it's like, Man, if we if we had gotten just a taste of NCAA Pac-12 hockey, that that would have been something. But Herm, I know we, we did a post about it, but what's something that would have been cool for you if, if those Pac-12 teams had made the jump to NCAA before the conference disappeared before our eyes? I think that UCLA-USC rivalry would have been something really, really special. I think if they had made that jump, there would have been some serious, serious cash invested into rinks, invested into production to make things easier for guys to get to those games in terms of accessibility. It would have been a completely different landscape, and and there's nothing more California in my mind than that blue and gold and that red and yellow facing off. Yeah, and, and again, I think there's still optimism that that might happen in the Big Ten because the Big Ten has hockey already. We'll have to see how that goes up. But I've also learned a lot about the Pac-8, which is a conference in M2, Utah is in. A lot of former Pac-12 schools were in that in ACHA M2 in the Northwest. And I believe Washington won it last year, which people here in Utah are still a little bit bitter about. But really cool. Collins, what's something that stands out to you about the Pac-12? Like, what, what, What's something that you would like to think would have happened if the Pac-12 had added NCAA hockey? I, I mean, I really second the UCLA-USC rivalry. 
played at the Staples Center, not Crypto.com Arena, forever the Staples Center. That would have been great. Also, Oregon, Oregon State would also be a lot of fun. Just I know Oregon, Oregon State baseball rivalry is pretty solid, especially uh, in recent years when Adley Rutschman was there. I'm not a big college baseball guy, but I have to drop drop my O's. Goes. It is it is a big bummer that we're losing the Pac-12. I think it, what it's literally just Oregon State and Washington State holding out, right? Are they the only ones left? I thought there was four. Ah, well, anyways, they should make those two play and loser has to go to the Mountain West. Wasn't there that Pac-4 website that popped up too? Oh yeah, Stanford and Calvert. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Pac-4. That that's I I hate this whole conference realignment stuff. And I mean, I totally get it because these conferences are screwing over their own teams because they want to make more money. But I mean, everybody wants to make more money. The NCAA is not the only one with conference realignment stuff. I mean, I remember last year there were ACHA realignment rumors. I mean, I can't even, I don't know if I can talk about this, but it's long gone and it's never going to happen. But the ECHA, some of the actual teams, the national, were going to merge and create a super conference, which would have been wild. I, I think we should do a little mock-up ACHA conference realignment. The reason people talk about conference realignment in the ACHA is because the rankings, like that's what it all comes down to. People want to play in a conference where there's teams that are highly ranked. And I think that's why I think those teams in the Northeast wanted to make sure that they were getting representation. But I was talking about it the other day. Like when you combine conferences, you're you're cutting auto bids in half too, which I think is something that people don't realize. But then again, there's always talk not only about conference realignment, but maybe like a Notre Dame situation where teams want to go independent. When you're independent, you can play as many home games as you want. You can play any team you want. I think there's a little more flexibility, more work on your end for the schedule portion of it. You're right, Collins. Definitely talks of conference realignment in the ACHA as well. And, you know, AAU college hockey because they just did all of their divisions and we saw teams jumping from the ACHA to AAU college hockey as well. So there's conference realignment everywhere. All right. So I have this great, totally original idea. Since we're talking conference realignment, you take Ohio and you take Iowa State and you take Illinois and then you throw them in a conference together and you call it the Central States Collegiate Hockey League. Totally original idea. Do they play Hungry Hungry Hippos in playoffs? Yes, and they actually it's actually required that the semifinal game, at least one of them, goes to six overtimes because that is how they determine a true champion in this conference. We should start at the the Sickos College Hockey Committee. You ever th- like? I guess I, we are kind of the Sickos of college hockey because we cover the ACHA and AAU college hockey. Maybe we could get a sponsorship from the Sickos Committee. If you don't follow them on Twitter, they just cover the random, most random things in college sports, particularly college football. But it's a good follow. Some other notable things around the league. I've been. This has been a cool one to watch, Herm. I'm glad you threw this one in the notes. But lots of progress from Drury this summer. ACHA M2. They were a first year program last season. They share a rank with Missouri State. All kinds of renovations. They got the logo on the ice. Lots of wraps on the doors. I saw they had the the pucks ready. Like they are ready to go. They want to drop the puck now. The locker room is ready to go. It looks great. I also saw that they, speaking of training camp, I'm here in Idaho for Utah's training camp. They did a training camp in Springfield, which was really cool to see. Get, keep an eye on the Panthers this year. That's what that's what I'm saying, because Drury is uh, they're firing all cylinders right now and they're ready to go taking big steps for a second year program. I wish Fitz was here because, um, again, glad her you threw this in the notes. Indiana celebrating 55 years of Hoosier hockey, 55 seasons. 
I don't know if any team out there has celebrated 55 seasons, right? Like, and then fi- I, I sent it in the group chat. Fitz was quick to point out that they didn't celebrate 50. So maybe they're making up for it. Kind of like when the ACHA didn't get to celebrate 30. So they celebrated 31. Maybe this is what the Hoosiers are thinking. I would love for somebody out there listening to find a sports team that celebrated 55, a 55th anniversary, 55 seasons. Pretty bizarre. I, I, honestly, maybe not headline worthy, but headline worthy because of how unique it may be. I'm going to celebrate 93 this year with Villanova hockey. Just why not? Yeah, get the jersey patch. Random occasion. Why not? Herm already found a sports team that celebrated 55. Yep. You knew I was going to be quick on the draw with this. Come on. And it's a hockey team too. AK Bars Kazan in the KHL has a 55th anniversary retro hockey jersey. I will throw the link in our chat so you all can see. I want to vomit after looking at that. That's horrifying. It's a bad jersey. It's not a good jersey. That's a horrible jersey. It's not even like a good orange. It's like... I don't want to even want to call it burnt orange. It's kind of Texas burnt orange, but it's a little bit more like vomit orange. ASU Women's Division One dropped their schedule a couple days ago. It includes some exhibition games. They're going to play against the U19 Arizona Kachinas, who are a AAA team, and they're going to have a three-game series with Lakeland College, who is in the Alberta College's Athletic Conference. was talking about that earlier today with some of the Utah folks, and it I didn't realize how far all of these teams out west here travel. Majority of the season is driving to the airport and getting on a plane and flying somewhere. Love that they're playing a U19 AAA team because I also think that's really good for recruiting purposes. You know, you get to play a team and have them come in, see the facilities, don't have to travel as far, get it in early in the season too. So that's pretty cool to see. Of course, had to give a shout out to Joe Lazier, our guy, Fire Graphics as always. He was killing it. So I wanted to make sure we gave him a shout out. Doing some freelance work for the Sun Devils. Speaking of cool designs, WCHC, the West Coast Hockey Conference, they got themselves a new logo. If you're not familiar with the West Coast Hockey Conference or you want a refresher, this is an ACHA M2 conference. They have two tiers. In tier one, they have Arizona State, Cal State, Northridge, Grand Canyon, Loyola Marymount, Northern Arizona, and UCLA. And then tier two, a lot of the California schools, Cal Lutheran, Cal State, Fullerton, Long Beach, Fresno, Santa Clara, UC Irvine, UC Santa Cruz, UC Santa Barbara, and UC Davis, all in the WCHC. Fresh new logo for the league, updated website, love to see it. They're getting ready for the season. They're pumped up as well. Speaking of exhibitions, we got one this weekend. I don't even know how this is possible. University at Buffalo, their ACHA M1 team, is playing the USA Deaf Olympics team. They are doing a game on Saturday and a game on Sunday. You know, Utah is doing their training camp now. I'm going to mention that a hundred times because why wouldn't I while I'm in the Super 8 McCall, Idaho? The Buffalo guys must be going back early and just throwing together a squad to take on the Deaf Olympics team. Maybe it was vice versa. Maybe the Deaf Olympics team was looking for somebody to play and they're like, yeah, maybe the boys from Buffalo are back in town. But I believe they're working on a live stream link when I when I talked to one of the Buffalo guys today. So we'll get on that. Collins, you did some scouting already. It seems like they're going to have their hands full. Did a little bit of scouting to see how good the team was because I'd never really heard of it. These guys are real fucking good. If you watch their highlights, oh my God, these guys absolutely throttled Russia. I think it was seven to three, eight to three, something like that. They are good. They are throwing up big highlight real plays. Like, insane so buffalo is going to definitely have their hands full with this team and it should be 
pretty cool. This will be a pretty high pace, high intensity matchup. Hopefully no blood like the USA Russia match, which had a couple fights that would kind of suck to fight in an exhibition. That's hockey right there. Wanted to give some stick taps this week. First, the boys at Ohio, Garrett Alderman, who was serving as one of the ACHA's representatives in the Cap City Summer Elite League for Team 614 Hockey. He was joined by Ohio commit and Ohio native Noah Holt. Holt is also playing in the league for the Whiskey Warriors. He's been repping his new OU gear. He spent last season as the captain of the Kenai River Brown Bears in the Null. So he's been prepping. Players on these rosters include Patrick Line, Sean Corrales, bunch of ncaa ushl and high-end junior players also playing in this league really cool lots of fun hockey we touched on it during the harks interview the scl is one of the premier summer leagues these leagues kind of pop up all over the place in terms of you know pro guys college guys all look for a place to skate there's a really good one in jersey but in terms of the columbus area this has got to be the go-to so what i'm taking away from this is acha players are on the same level as Patrick Line. Well, I do think Patrick Line had like seven goals in one of these games. So maybe if Noah Holt can get like five five goals in a game, we can make that comparison. That's a ch- I don't know if they have any more games left this summer, but that would I would love to love to see that stat graphic. More stick taps though on the way. Wanted to give a shout out to Ice Pack Hockey. They are now being featured in NC State football commitment graphics. This was a wild one. Four star recruit flipped from UNC to NC State rocking the ice pack jersey in his commitment photo which is just a wild crossover event last stick top one just give a shout out to illinois state senior will kelly who recently graduated kelly was featured in the redbird magazine for his bond with a five-year-old illinois state fan by the name of grayson cope they formed a friendship after grayson attended they skate with the redbirds event which if you're not familiar like teams do them all the time it's after a game fans get to come out and they ice skate with the team Really cool to see the university magazine doing a feature article on this relationship and, you know, maybe a future ACHA legend in the making right here in in Illinois. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one. But I think it's time we get to our interview. Utah captain Dylan Dix joining the show. As always, this one's brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part is these guys know club hockey. So be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral at OptimexSports.com slash signup slash hockey house pod optimax recently released a new feature and we're super excited about it it's been in the works for a really long time they've teamed up with jog athletics to create a built-in team store on your site you can also sell tickets other merchandise and even make payments using optimx sports if you have any questions send us a dm send them them a dm at optimx sports on instagram and we got a couple of teams in college hockey joining the optimx sports wave michigan women's hockey is a huge name friend of the pod, and Cincinnati's ACHA M2 program as well. They've always had really good branding. They're going to have even better branding with an OptumX website, so we're really excited for that. We're super excited. In-person interview coming up with Utah captain Dylan Dix. Please be joined by Utah ACHA Division One captain Dylan Dix. Dylan, welcome to the Hockey House. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a wild scenario. Like, I'd never in the hockey house pods history to everything i'd be interviewing a player from utah in idaho in august but here we are walk us through like what are, what are we doing in mccall idaho right now yeah you know so we do a pretty cool thing at utah um we do it every year we've been doing it for pretty much since the start of the program before school starts all the guys come into town a bit early handle all the gear handouts all that in salt lake and then we all jet up to mccall idaho uh 
spend, you know, three or four days up here, skating twice a day, meet all the new guys, hopping in the lake. Like it's a, it's a really fun experience. Get all the guys kind of gelled together and, and ready for the start of the year. When you were getting recruited to play at Utah, did you know that this was a thing or was this something that you learned about after you could? I had heard about it a little bit. Um, I didn't exactly know how in-depth it was or how long you're up there or anything like that, but they kind of mentioned it in, you know, the, the recruitment pitch and they're talking to about kind of what they have to offer, the things we do, what makes us different. So it wasn't like a huge selling point until I got here and then I realized like we really need to be pumping this a little bit up more. It's a, it's a pretty fun time. So I know in the past we've done like recap videos of it and, and like kind of small stuff, but it's a, it's a pretty unique experience. Like Nothing you really get in juniors, and I don't. I mean, I haven't heard of really anyone else that does something like this at the club level. So Not even at the club level, like any level, college yeah. hockey. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't even know if like Michigan is sending their guys yeah. on a retreat like this, like hockey camp for college kids. Like we yeah. all went, we all grew up going yeah. to you know sleepaway camp and you know skating twice, three times a day, and doing fun stuff like playing beach volleyball and jumping in the lake. Like yeah. you guys just look like kids again playing hockey it's a time i mean it's 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 really fun and especially with like the three programs now it's it's really interesting you're not only meeting your freshmen you're meeting the m2 freshmen you're meeting the women freshmen you're welcoming all those people into the family so it's a it's a really unique way to do it because obviously with our different schedules and things we don't we don't mix with them too much in the year obviously we, we try to get home together and away together and stuff like that when we can but um this is a really good way to kick everything off and everybody's familiar so at least when you run into them when you happen to you, you know who they are and, and you're familiar with them so it's it's a really cool thing we do for sure walk us through your hockey journey you mentioned you grew up in california yeah that's uh i mean nowadays we're seeing more and more california kids yeah. At what age did you start thinking junior hockey? Like, how did that process go about for you? I started off with roller hockey. I didn't. I didn't play ice hockey till I was eight. I think um, didn't play any travel till I was twelve. Um, so I was a little late into the game in that in that aspect. But yeah, I grew up playing roller hockey, and then uh, one of my teammates played ice, and he goes, "No, oh, come out. It's a pretty good time." Like, fell in love ever since. Uh, so I mean, I played you know travel double A, triple A, and stuff in California up until Bantams. That was my last year there, and then I left home. Um, played both my years of U16 at the Arizona Bobcats program, hopped right into junior. So I, I didn't really kind of hit me by a storm a little bit. I had a good uh, good second year Bantam. I drafted in the WHL draft and that kind of was the eye opening a little bit of like, hey, I got something here a little bit. Kind of ran with that, hopped into juniors at 17 and played that out and played all over. Um, so Who did you get drafted time. by in, in the WHL? Uh, I got drafted by Musha. So um, did you go to any boost jaw camps? Yeah, was yeah, like? I was actually, uh, I was leaning towards that direction. Um, so I, yeah, I went to camp three years, I think, middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. Interesting, uh, interesting town, but I mean, really good program, really good organization, um, awesome rink, the community kind of, and it's, I mean, it's the WHL, like it's, it's pretty cool. Like I, my first camp, my band camp, my Morgan Riley is my D partner because like, he was still playing there at the time. And threw me on there because I was the younger guy and he like so I'm playing with Morgan Riley Braden Point was my center Brett Howden was on the wing I was like this is ridiculous like and why aren't they playing at Utah now yeah exactly <laughs> right hey screw the NHL club <laughs> hockey come on <laughs> but no it was, a, it was a pretty surreal experience um a lot of fun uh but I mean yeah I was I was kind of all game for it too uh then I, I broke my kneecap when I was uh 15 I think so a couple failed surgeries eight months later, wasn't really in the cars anymore. So yeah, a different direction. You know, but we always talk about like the junior hockey here is the bum knee. It yeah, always gets the you. The bum knee gets you. It comes back and gets you. 
wild journey in junior hockey too. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I, I hate calling you a suitcase guy. Oh, I know a, a one yeah. or two suitcase guys and yeah. you check EP and, yeah. and you had enough stickers on your suitcase. Like, Oh yeah. What was like, you don't have to go through all of them, but yeah. like, what was a place that stood out to you? Maybe a crazy story. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, they all had their unique little things uh, and I loved it. I mean, it, it, it sucked moving around. It's tough meeting a new group of boys saying bye to all the fellas and, and all that, but it was a really cool experience kind of seeing all the different areas and, and places in North America, the U S like I had weird places too. Like I was, grew up in California. I was South Texas. I was Northern Minnesota, Manitoba. And then I was on the East coast. Like I went about as far every direction as you can in the U S um, saw a lot of different cultures and things like that. I mean, I, so I played in Corpus Christi, my 17 year old year. That was pretty crazy. All um, South baby. All South and, and Corpus was an awesome organization. Like they treated us way better than we probably should have um lots of gear lots of fans i mean we had 8500 people at our military awareness game i think like packed barn like it was it was a pretty crazy uh first intro to juniors um so you go from that to playing the ncdc with maybe five people <laughs> five people in the stands at a time but hockey's comparable but it was, it was definitely a lot different but the benefit of, that a lot of junior high guys tell me is when you do travel around a lot and it comes time to go into college like you're a little more open to everything like what made you look at utah were you looking at schools in the east coast because of that ncdc background yeah so i was i was on the ncdc um had a good amount of offers from those like nescacs and um suniacs and stuff out there i didn't really love the small school feel um i mean my high school was bigger than most of the schools i toured so i was like I didn't really love that side of it. Obviously, the hockey's great. The academics are great. There's upsides to it. But I just didn't really feel it too much. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't really my jam. I ended my my career out in, out in Utah. So I played for the Outliers uh, my last year. Just really loved the area and, and had, a, had a really good opportunity at Utah. Um, we were pretty early stages building when I got on. Um, so I got to step in and play a big role right away as a freshman. Got to wear a letter as a sophomore um, and since. So it, it was it was a mix of I loved Utah. I loved the feel of the big school, you know, Pac-12, Big 12 now, but Pac-12 school at the time. We can still call it the Pac-12. Pac-12 school at the time, um, being big football program, tons of resources. And then that paired with a, a really good opportunity to step in and play um, was kind of what, what sealed the deal for me. Listening to the rookies give their intros the other night, a lot of outliers, former yeah. outliers on the team, yeah. the outlier pipeline. What is it about Utah that you think like draws guys to stay in Utah once they get here? Because that seems like the pretty big theme. Yeah, it's it's hard to describe. It's it's just a beautiful place. Um, I mean, we're 30 minutes from six ski resorts, some of the best snow in the world. I mean, in the summers, you have a bunch of lakes, hiking. Like, it's just a really beautiful area um and, and salt lake itself it's a it's a big city but it's not a huge city so you don't get lost in it. it's not a chicago it's not in new york but it's big enough where there's you know still really good restaurants really fun bars like there's a nightlife like it's it's not like you're in the middle of wisconsin going to some tiny d3 school with maybe one bar in the town so it, it, it's a mix of it all for sure just beautiful scenery tons to do and really great, it's really great school too i i, I took I focus heavily on academics. Like I, I've taken that pretty seriously my whole life and, and Utah's a really good school. Um, so that was a big draw of it too. So, and and also you can get in-state tuition while you go there, which helps a little bit too. And playing juniors there, I started out in-state. So that was that was nice for all four, well, four years now going on five. But when I grew up, I had a lot of kids from my hometown going to Utah and everybody raves about the in-state tuition. Oh, it's and great. That seems yeah. like the biggest cheat code in the yeah, country. Exactly, yeah. Not many schools offer it. I don't know, I don't know what it is about Utah, but it's uh, definitely helps. 
So you had been in Utah for a little bit playing for the Outliers. Jump on to an ACHA team that has recently gone from being a household name in Division Two yep. and now making the jump to Division One, right? Division One since you've been here. Yeah, I uh, I think I was the second full year of Division One. They did one like kind of split split season schedule. Um, I think I was the second year of full D one, maybe third, but okay. very early in. Yeah. yeah. What is your welcome to the ACHA moment when you step on the ice for the youths? Ooh, that's a good question. I would have to say our, our first game is BYU. So that was a pretty yeah, RIP <laughs> BYU club. That was a tough bounce, but they do a good job. They packed the barn and obviously that BYU Utah rivalry, like it was it was a pretty cool feeling. Like I, I wasn't I wasn't dogging the ACHA, but I, I wasn't quite sure how the, the level was gonna be. Um, I mean BYU wasn't a great example of that because they were Division Two at the time, so it was kind of easy games, but they were fun. Like they were great atmospheres. The in-state games were always really fun. So that was like that was a big kind of I'm here moment of like people care about it here, and it's like a big school, and it's like it means something to say you play for the U. Like you tell you tell guys, especially in Salt Lake, like a lot of the alumni stay in Salt Lake, and it's a very tight knit community, and and it carries weight when you talk to somebody passing. You're like, yeah, I play hockey at the U. Like it that means something to people. It's not like a where where are you like where are you yeah. playing? Like it's it's a it's a pretty cool feeling. I feel like I'm chasing clout in my Utah hoodie this week because people stop you and they're like. Yeah. Like, I, I can't believe I've been watching you guys, but, you know, you get off the bus and it feels like every restaurant you go into, somebody's saying Utah hockey. Yeah. Like, and, and you were joking earlier about Utah being a hockey state, but, like, people know it. It's it's the U logo. Like, yeah, that's what absolutely. really does it. And it's getting, I mean, it's getting there. Like, it's, in my time, even, I got I got pretty involved with, like, the youth teams and stuff, too. Like, state camps, all that stuff. I help out with all of that. And, like, not even University of Utah hockey, just, like, the state of Utah hockey. I mean, they're pumping out some really good players now. Like, guys are committing Division One out of, like, prep schools that are from Utah. Like, it, it's really growing. So, that's been cool to see. And, and yeah, like you mentioned, like, it's – I get stopped in the airport in California. Like, I'm on my Utah stuff. I'm like, oh, you go to Utah? I went to Utah. I'm like, what are, what are the odds of that? Like, it's, it's the power of the Pac-12. Exactly. <laughs> power of the Pac-12. But it's it's a really cool, um, really cool tight-knit community. And people really care about the U. And, and that that's a really cool feeling. You mentioned Utah. People have a lot of school pride. There's a lot of state pride. Yep. BYU. Memory from freshman year, you guys play in the Wasatch Cup yep. that year, right? Which is, walk us through, like, how big of a deal that is. What is it? Yeah, so the uh, Wasatch Cup's all of the Utah team. So it was us, BYU, Utah Valley, Weber State, and Utah State. So we play, like, a tournament. We unfortunately don't get to play it anymore because we have the D2 team that gets to play in it, um, which is super fun. All the boys go and watch. So it's still a really cool, uh, really cool thing. And they rotate each year of who hosts it. So I was lucky enough my freshman year we got to host it. It's a really fun because they pack because it's all of the local schools, so all of the rivalries, all of their all of their cheering section comes like the it was probably the fullest I've ever seen that rink. I don't know if you got to peek at Steiner when we were in Salt Lake, but it's a it's a pretty big barn. Yeah. Um, so it's it's tough to fill, and it was pretty close to full for that championship game. Um, we should have won, like it was expected, like <laughs> we should win, but it was a really fun really fun experience i mean it's it's always good to win a trophy regardless of kind of what it is but kind of that utah best in state crown has felt pretty good to, to win that one transition now to sophomore year what, what are some memories of sophomore year? you talked about getting a letter like was that something you thought would happen going in or was that i i it wasn't expected but i i played a pretty big leadership role um even as a freshman just because we didn't at that stage we didn't have guys that played juniors really like I think my freshman year, we only had maybe six guys that played juniors and only I think two that aged out. I was one of two guys that aged out of juniors and the only, 
or one of three. And then there was two of us in my freshman class. So it was one, I was kind of older than most of the guys anyways, coming in, you know, as a 21 year old. And then also just the hockey experience. I'd, I'd been around a lot, seen a lot of different systems, a lot of different, I mean, just games played, you know? So I got to play a, a pretty big role even as a freshman without a letter. Um, so I was excited about it. Sophomore year was, was tough though. It was the COVID year. So we didn't, we didn't even practice like you didn't even have the letter. so i had the letter but i don't even think like i came in my junior year and i like we walked in i was like i still had to like get my letter stitched on the jersey even though i had it for years like so it was a weird time i mean we were just i mean like everyone we were in limbo we're doing out like outside warm-ups with or outside workouts with masks and like hearing we're gonna get to go and then not get to go and like utah state's playing but we can't like it was this whole weird limbo i mean every affected everybody i'm sure everyone had pretty similar experiences so um that was an interesting one it was a unique way with the guys like we still had that brotherhood even though we weren't at the rink every day which i was a little worried about that i was like oh we have because yeah. we i think we had six freshmen coming that year so i was like i don't really know how that's going to work like i don't know how how well we're going to bond and how that's going to connect but honestly like it it almost helped it grow stronger like that group that group is like a really really close group even though we didn't get to play a single game together yeah but, well i was i don't know who i was talking to the other day and we were talking about that COVID year like it was yeah. tough like you remember if you wanted to have all the boys together like you couldn't have more than 12 of them in yeah. a room or you, yeah. or you got campus police knocking at your mm -hmm. door like and then you couldn't go out you couldn't go to the bars and stuff so like it was just guys hanging out and that smaller groups yeah. that you hung out almost made you a, a closer community but the COVID year comes with a coaching change right yeah what has that been like since coach feeney got here it's been great um i i love i love the style of coach feeney has um he's a very down-to-earth wants to get input back from the guys you know leans heavily on the older guys hey is this working is this not working i think his big strength is motivator people manager um like he he's great on that human touch side of it um and then he's learning every year on the x's and o's and, and leaning on guys and, and getting feedback and you know i mean i've played for coaches like this is our breakout i don't care what you guys think we're doing it or you know this is our power play i'm not changing our units all year like that has its own you know little advantages and disadvantages but it's been a really cool collaborative process to grow with morgan and grow the program and just kind of all around everyone pulling the rope in the same direction and all learning from each other and, and collaborating on it all and it's been honestly really really cool now what's that father-son dynamic life behind the bench because yeah. coach feeney brought in his father as the assistant coach yeah. when he was hired yeah. like that's a something you don't see a lot no and it, it's awesome I was, I was a little worried about it at first not gonna lie you're it like was, wait he's bringing it his dad? yeah i was like so is, is rob gonna be the head coach and he's like no morgan's head coach I was like all right this is gonna be interesting but it's it's pretty cool and you can see how much fun they have doing it together too which is like a, a just an added bonus obviously but um, I mean, it's a really good working relationship. Like they, you would never, you wouldn't be able to tell if you didn't I had know. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really know until like we got here. They do a really good job. Yeah. Like, so wait, I thought like, like, wait, how many times have you come? And then he's like, oh, like this is my third year. Cause we didn't come from COVID. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I was like, oh, and that's when like two and two yeah, for me. Yeah. So like they, you're right. They do do a really good job. Mm -hmm. And it, it seems like they have a lot of fun. Dude. Outside looking in with, without you knowing, you wouldn't know. Like they do it. They keep it really professional and, um, obviously we get along great and work together great so it's been it's been a really cool experience so like i said i wasn't quite sure i was going to go but uh it's been working out really well you guys have a, a very tough schedule the last couple of years it's like utah hockey is top yeah. 25 you know only 20 teams get to go to nationals yeah. it's it seems like you guys are on the chopping block every year talk about 
like your your schedule. I mean, you guys play in a very tough league, arguably yeah. the toughest league in the entire ACHA. Yeah, I mean, we we have back to back years missing nationals by one, and it was upsets in other conferences that bumped us. So it's like back to like it's it was a tough pill to swallow, especially the second year where I was like we were so good, like we had such a good year last year, and I mean you know those couple weird bounces and you lose a game here and there, and you don't really think about it, and then it comes to bite you at the end and. It's tough, but I mean, I, I love it. Like we weren't in the WCHL my freshman year, my junior, we were going to be in our sophomore, obviously COVID didn't play, but, um, so I got to experience both and it's night and day, every single team in our division, like our division of the WCHL was ranked in the top 25 at one point, if not at the end of the season, I think majority of maybe outside of like Colorado, but they're, they're in the other division, but I mean, it's, I mean, we're playing UNLV, they're top five all year. We're playing UCO, they're top five all year. I mean, Arizona's top 15 all year. Arizona State's top 20 all year. Like it's every single weekend's a, a top 20 matchup. And and usually we're in the mix there too. I think we, I think we dipped like 23 this year, um, but when we started at eight, something like that at the beginning of the year, which is crazy. <laughs> Highest we've ever been ranked. Um, You're like, whoa. Yeah. First ranking summer, we're like, we're eight. I was like, oh, we should be like, you know, top 15 probably. It came out as eight. We're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, good shit, boys. But uh, it's, I mean, and that's the advantage of the hard schedule. I mean, it, it's a grind um, for sure. Like, there's no nights off. Like, there's no easy games. Obviously, just the way rankings work, you got to play the top teams to be up there. So that helps. And then also just you're battle tested. Like, you're, you're all year like you're playing top programs all year and you're battle tested when it comes down to it and when we have i think this is the year we finally crack nationals and i think it's we're gonna go on a run because just for that reason i mean you're we're playing those types of guys all year and you get some some of those teams that get in there and i mean maybe whether it's a lower division or you know just top heavy division whatever it is they get to those nationals and they, they haven't been playing teams like that all year so it's like kind of a, a little bit of like a culture shock so i think i think it's allowed us to build slowly and prepare us to really hit the ground run and when we when we do crack in the nationals there's you mentioned a lot of those teams that are very good you know asu arizona uco unlv those are also a lot of really fun places to play yeah. what what is your personal favorite on the road i really like playing in vegas um they have an awesome crowd uh you guys rowdy. got to play at the dollar loan center yeah too. yeah we also got to yeah we got to do a, a the Friday night game in the Dollar Loan Center, which is a battle too. I think it was like a two-one loss or three-two loss. It was like a last second score with like forty-five seconds left. Puck off the ref's foot, but uh, you know can't make excuses. Oh yeah, it was it was a pretty cool. And they they rolled out. The, they were testing everything, so they had like full-on like AHL broadcast. They had the jumbotron run in. They did like intro. Like it was it was a pretty cool. Like I think the UFC women's UFC like uh, belt holder came out for the puck drop. Like it was it was like a pretty legit game. Uh, so that was fun. Like that, that, and then let me go play their normal rink and, and still, they, still buzzing. It's still buzzing. And then last year we also played them for their March mat or their uh, Midnight Madness game, which was like the weirdest experience ever. Like you're, you're, it was hard because you're like, I get like you're shifting everything like four or five hours, and you're like yeah, waking up from my pregame nap at like nine thirty or like nine. I'm like, what is going on? But so that, but it was cool too because they had this giant tailgate. It was like this massive thing. So it's that's always a fun place to play. And also just, those are fun games. Like we battle UNLV, like even when we shouldn't have been, we always hung around. Like even my freshman year, I think we had a couple one goal games with them, which we shouldn't, but it's a battle. I, I think I'd say they're probably our, our biggest rival, maybe Arizona. Um, those games get pretty heated too, but the Vegas games and we got, we got the last laugh last year. Yeah. Bit. We got to talk about that. Cause yeah. I was, I was giving Gephardt a hard time today. Cause I didn't even realize that the two 
videos that like have gone viral in the hockey yeah. guys with Utah Gephardt, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, him doing his little silly gritty after scoring. Yeah, that was like, a little wild. What do you remember about that game? Like, oh, it was. I mean, it's senior night, and I mean, it was our starting goalie was a senior. Um, I was a senior, but I knew I was coming back, so I didn't. I didn't do that. We stuff, gotta give but, him a shout out too. He's oh yeah, Landon Anderson. Week. Yeah, he's getting married, so. Uh, Boys, uh, we got our we got our Friday shifted to buzz out of here a little early so we could make the reception. But yeah, he's uh, he's getting married. Awesome guy. I mean, he was the backbone of our team for four. He started from freshman year. Like he, and not like bona fide starter too. Like probably seventy five percent of the games. Towards the end, his hips were starting to give out, so he couldn't quite run it. But I mean, he was backbone of the team the whole time I was there. So like, and then him, and then our other freshman was Wyatt Light. Um, he was finishing his fifth year. He, he blew his MCL, ACL, and meniscus in first semester. So, like, tough way to end the career. So he came out, like, he was, I don't even know if he was clear to skate, but he came out and did, like, his little lap and stuff. So winning, like, that game for those guys was just, like, I, don't, I can't even ex- describe how good that felt. I mean, the 5-1 win versus, I, mean, I think they were third in the nation at that point on senior night, like, for those guys, like, it was it was like, surreal. That's tough, too, because I feel like when the schedule comes out, you, you kind of want – that yeah. cupcake game on yeah, senior night, yeah. but you guys just like bit into it. Yeah, no, and and that was, I mean, I was just so proud of the guys. Like that was the best hockey game by far we had played all year. Like we were just absolutely buzzing from the first puck drop and didn't let up. Like we had full control of the game the entire game. It's just tough to do against a team like that. Yeah, you talk about uh, U of A, like Tucson seems yeah. like a wild place to play. Yeah, they. I mean, they play in that AHL barn too, so they do well. It's, it's tough against an AHL barn. Like you're not going to fill it for the AHL team doesn't even fill it. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah. a huge barn, but they get I mean, a good crowd. They when, get uh, when ASU comes. Down, oh yeah. Right? The cactus cup. I think they call it when they, when they do that. But I mean, even, even for all their home games, like they, they do a really good job. They pull in a lot of people and it's, it's rowdy too. Like in and Ethan lights the, the king of it, but he's screaming at the glass of the fans after scoring. Like there's all that stuff. Like they have some pretty, uh, pretty rowdy fans, which makes it fun. Talk to us about like the experience at, Utah. I mean, we're in Idaho. We talked about that a little bit. The weather and the scenery, it gets mm. people hooked. They stay here. Yeah. But what are some other things about Utah hockey? Like, I don't think being an East Coast guy, like, I didn't realize how much you guys are flying. Yeah. Every, I think Vegas is our only bus trip. Other than that, we fly everywhere, which is huge. Like, we, I mean, that wasn't freshman year. We drove everywhere freshman year, pretty much. Um, so that's been a really cool shift. AJ's done an awesome job building this to, not not necessarily just like these small changes, but he's making these long term changes that not many other people are doing. I mean, most people bust to us, like even the ones we fly to, like Arizona busts to us. I think, like as far as I know, and like we would never bust Arizona. And they probably yeah, like they're talking about like you talk about the the WHL, but like yeah. they're probably doing sleeper buses. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. So it's that like stuff like that, and and the the shifts he's made in the way things are operating and we get treated extremely well the way the program's grown. Like my freshman year, we were the only team, you know, sophomore year, we added our women's team. And then my junior year, we added our men's two teams. So like we went from one to three teams in the three year span. I mean, women was a tough first year. They were pretty light on bodies. So that was like a adjustment period, but it's just been really cool to see the amount of effort and focus and, you know, dedication to really like make us a household name in club hockey. Cause we haven't been before, man. Like you said at the D2 level, I think they had like three or four in a row national appearances. Like they were doing really well and then made that jump, you know, that little bit of a struggle. And then AJ's done a really good job making these tweaks. And and at the end of the day, it's it's for the guys. Like it's it's so nice to have to fly and not have to sit on a bus for 18 hours and then go play a game. Like it's 
it's, I mean, you know, like anyone that's played hockey knows, like that's tough to do. So it's tough coming up to Idaho. Yeah. 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 That's our longest bus trip of the year. I think it's for training camp, which is crazy, but, uh, but it's been, it's been awesome. And, and the, like I said, just the, the way he's taking the program and building, it's, it's huge. And, and you see like our each year recruitment classes are getting better. We're pulling guys from higher leagues where we're getting deeper, we're getting age outs, we're getting all that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's rewarding to see, where we were my freshman year to where we are now, it's it looks like a completely different program. And I think too, one thing that I have noticed, and I've, I've talked a lot to AJ, but like, I don't know how many schools around the country have their teams under one umbrella like mm-hmm. you guys do. Like, you go on the bus, everybody's wearing the same apparel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the teams are all run. You got AJ at the top as the president, and it's a very unique opportunity that you guys have here that I don't think a lot of schools have. From my understanding, most places, I mean, to even have three programs in general, I think it's pretty big. I think a lot of guys either, or a lot of places either have, you know, an M1 and M2 or an M1 women's one, but it's, it's pretty cool. And like, even like the most front of the mind examples, ASU, just because we play them so much, completely different jerseys, completely different setups. Like it's, it looks like two different programs. Like it's, it's really cool to have that unity of, Sure, there's three different teams. You may not be my direct teammate, but we all play for Utah hockey. We're all treated the same way. We all get the same gear. We all get the same similar practice schedules, amount of ice time. I mean, extra stick times for skills, stuff like that. Like that's open to all three teams. And it's it's a really cool way of doing it, I think, because it builds like we were talking about that, that Utah hockey brand, that connection with the the city, the community, and it's easier to do that when you're all connected yourself. So, are you a big skier? Uh yeah, skier, snowboarder mostly. Um, I I started to switch back to skiing because that's uh that's the cool thing to do in Utah. Growing up in California, you know, as soon as you can snowboard, you snowboarder. But it's weird in Utah; everyone just skis. So I'm I'm trying to trying to transition back. Um, I I definitely went up a bunch more early on. Bodies bodies hanging on by a thread yeah, a bit. I would, so I gotta I gotta was take. Surprised yeah. when, uh... But yeah. I guess like you kind of have to here, right? Oh yeah, and that and that's a big draw of it. And I think it's nice too that Morgan doesn't shut it down. Like he gets it. Like he he gets the balance. You know, it, it's club hockey. It's serious. Like we're all here for a reason. And when we're at the rink, we're around. We're treating our bodies like college athletes. But at the same time, like you you want to have those experiences and, and create those memories and and stuff that lasts a lifetime. And, and the skiing's, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, the advantage of COVID years, I think I had sixty eight days on the mountain that year, uh, which was pretty fun. Uh, so that was like kind of diamond in the rough a little bit for the COVID situation, but it's really cool. And, and it, especially once the season ends, guys can go a little crazy. Like we have some guys that throw cork sevens and backs and like, it's, it's nuts the stuff they do is once the season ends season, we tape it mellow, just hit the runs and, and, you know, get after it. But once the season ends, you start seeing the clips of guys just throwing ridiculous stuff. And you're like, I, I mean, that's not me. Like I can get down the mountain, but I, I ain't doing that stuff. But is one of those guys, who does throw the backflips and stuff? Is he also in a band? Yeah, yeah. So Che, yeah, our, uh, Che Landacusic. He's he doesn't quite throw the crazy stuff. It's more like the Benji Mickles and uh, Eric Gibbons and stuff that throw Evan Richards. They throw like the crazy stuff once the season ends. But Che gets up and gets after it. And yeah, him and uh, Landon Langerbrunner have a band together with a couple of their roommates and stuff. So that's always super fun too. They play a bunch of local venues and stuff. So all the boys go and just have a time. Um, so it's, it's been pretty cool to see that grow too. And they're doing pretty well. I I feel like I was prepared for this week with like some of the storylines <laughs> that might come in and, and Muse was helping me and, mm. and let me know. And 
I've gotten here, I'm like, you need to tell me there's a band. Yeah. All these guys ski. Some of them do flips. Yeah. Like, gotta throw the band name Persona Seven Four Nine. Check them out. Spotify. I got to get the little plug, but um, little indie alt stuff. So it's it's pretty fun to kind of get after it. And of course, Landon comes from a well-known hockey family oh, yeah. too, yeah. and so that's that's cool. And then a couple of Utah hockey families. I, I'm I don't want to mispronounce the name. Well, we've got siblings that play represent team mexico yep, right yep marcello i i can't pronounce his last name i'm not even gonna, i'm not even gonna <laughs> attempt it but marcello uh, miranda yeah Mar yeah marcello miranda they both play in team mexico which is pretty cool um obviously both goalies too it's just kind of a cool little tandem came in same freshman class and all that so Cello played a couple years of juniors and caught up. So my younger sister caught up and kind of evened out, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, then last year, I mean, we had Wyatt and Ethan Light. So Wyatt graduated last year, but they played together. Logan and Garrett Jackson, like Garrett's on the on the M's too this year. He, he was up with them one with us last year, but that brotherhood's cool too. Father, um, son, behind father the bench. son behind the bench. Yeah, you know, and all those guys coming in from Wisconsin this year, like they all played like Milwaukee ads together randomly and like these other guys like we had like six guys that were on U16 together U16 team together that like went other ways and like ended up back here so it's like a lot of crazy crossover siblings you know father son it's it's a pretty cool dynamic what are some of your favorite things to do in Utah like we've talked about we've made a couple of Pac-12 jokes yeah, already yeah. but like football games seem really fun here yeah. like is that one of the things that you like doing in the fall before the season gets going yeah absolutely we unfortunately we only get to you know two or three a year um, we share our our rink parking lots of tailgating spots so that's kind of conflicts i mean we're starting 15 games on the road to start the year this year because of that conflict which 15? is yeah our first 15 games on the road um, when's the home opener i think it's like november 2nd after thanksgiving yeah, it's break after thanksgiving. <laughs> it's like legitimately november 2nd i think so whatever that closest weekend like first, wow. first or second weekend of november road warriors yeah entire every single weekend in october we're on the road like no off weekends either in october so it's and it's usually like that. It's usually about 10 or 12, 15's the most I've played for sure. And it's, I mean, it's Arizona, it's Vegas, it's, it's those big dogs. So it's, it'll be a battle for sure. But, um, second semester is nice. You know, it's all home. I think we have one road trip second semester, but so the football games we do get to are a time, like we get to go to the Florida Utah game this year. Like that's going to be unbelievable. You know, I mean, Cuse, I'm sure is pretty similar. You know, oh, that yeah. big, huge tailgate scene. And it's just, a the city's buzzing. So, and, and as hockey guys, there's nothing better than, you know, enjoying the fall and enjoying the spring. Like yeah. when the cold days are gone and you can enjoy spring and the Absolutely. season's long on, but then you get like a little taste of it in the fall, right? Mm -hmm. Before hockey gets going, you get to go to a couple of tailgates and, yeah. and that's fun. You mentioned the rink and the rink is a good mm -hmm. tailgate spot. Yeah. I'm sure you guys take advantage of that. Yeah. But what is that like having the rink on campus? Like, it's it's smack dab it in the is, middle yeah. of campus. I think it's technically a county rink, but it's not even the fact that it's on campus. It's right with all the other sports too. Like the football training facilities directly across the street. Stadium's kitty cornered across an intersection. Tennis is right there. The baseball field's right there. The lacrosse field's a couple blocks over. Like we're we're not only on campus, we're tucked in with all of those varsity sports which makes it a, a pretty cool feeling too. Obviously we're not one of those, but we're about as close as you can get without being one, um, which is, which makes it pretty funny. Golf, the golf buildings like in our parking lot too. So we're right tucked in with all those, um, all those other sports, which makes it really fun. From this last season, like you mentioned, it was an, another huge step mm -hmm. in the right direction for Utah hockey. You talked about the UNLV win. What's another funny story from last year? Maybe like you, you just play a lot on the road. What's yeah. something from last year that kind of stands out to you? Going to Oregon was was a pretty fun one. Um, they play in this like old stockyard, like it's this like crazy old looking barn. Um, 
it's like a, just like a cattle auction house or something. That they just like plopped a yeah, just a plopped sheet. a rink. And so it's like it's this super funky sheet. Like the stands start like fifteen feet back from the glass. Like all the corners like standing room only. I mean, in Oregon, it's a cool place to go in general. But and like the boards were up to like my hip. So I like put, I was like, I, was like, I play a pretty physical game. So before I'm like joking around in the warm, so like I'm putting someone on our bench. Like I'm putting someone on our bench. First shift, I put someone on our bench. I was like, oh, this is sick. Like, no way. Yeah, so it was like, I mean, these, it wasn't much. Like the boards were like, you you lean the wrong way and you're tipping over, but got a little rowdy. And I mean, that's that's a young and upcoming program too. So it was, it was fun to play them. Um, you had some good building blocks. So that that was probably a pretty fun trip. Yeah, just that, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, I feel like you've seen a lot of the ACHA over the, I mean, I think collectively as a group, we all know that the ACHA has been growing a lot. It seems like mm-hmm. you mentioned that more programs like Utah are getting a lot of age outs. Yeah. Like what's something that you've noticed about the ACHA over the last couple of years? I think the big thing is you're starting to see it become way more popular guys choosing it over D3. Like, I mean, I had the opportunity, like I had, I had a number of D3 offers could have gone that route. Wasn't the right fit for me. And, and honestly, like, all my buddies were like, what are you doing? Like, they're all, D- I was like, what, like, what are you doing? Like, why would you not go D3? And so it was like, even just four years ago when I did it, everyone's like, oh, that's like a really weird thing to do. Well, like now I feel like you don't really blink an eye at it. Yeah, like, somebody's like, oh, I, oh, you want to go to college in yeah. Salt Lake City? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's been the biggest shift for me, I think. And I mean, we see it within our program, the people we play, like, no guys, like, CJ yeah. guy, like you're, uh, you're getting like, you just guys. got like the kid who won MVP yeah, at the front. Exactly. Cup. It's like, like Four His years line ago, mates are going yeah. to Anchorage yeah. and like Minnesota Duluth yeah. or something. Like four years ago, that would never happen. So I, that in itself, just the level of play has elevated like crazy across the board. Um, and, and it's becoming a normal thing to do to pick it over D3. We have, I mean, we have a couple guys too started D3 and transferred in. And, and that's kind of the path that used to be is, you know, a lot of guys would end up ACHA, but it's interesting to see guys taking that choice now and picking it over D3, which I think didn't really happen before. And honestly, not to like pump your tires, <laughs> but I think like the hockey house has helped with that too. Cause it's, it shined a light on the differences and also the similarities. Like it's, it's the hockey's not far off. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly believe that the top 20 in the ACHA could beat a good chunk of the D3, especially those bottom programs. Obviously you have like the Adrian and stuff that are on a different level, but like it's the hockey's close. And then, I mean, I think you guys do a good job of covering the outside experience of it too. And, and obviously like we're getting a lot of that this week. Yeah, exactly. Getting a lot of this week, you didn't feel for it. And um, I think that's helped with it too, honestly, because now it's cool to go ACHA before, like we didn't get any coverage. Like my freshman, like no one touched the ACHA. Like, I don't even think ACHA had a Twitter or anything. Do like, you remember they, they, I remember uh, there was an account. I don't know. This might've just been the East coast teams that follow Cause now I feel like, there's maybe a little more separation between the East Coast and the West Coast, yeah. but I, just geography is, mm-hmm. is why that happens, and that's why, you know, coaches and GMs bicker at these meetings because <laughs> someone's got to travel the nationals, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I remember my freshman year, there was an account called like Not ACHA, yeah, and yeah. it would just make jokes about yeah. the ACHA and like that being like something cool. So yeah. we're happy to be doing now, but like you talk about that gap, like not only is it like that between ACHA and Division Three, but like. I'm sure those top D3 teams would give bottom end D1 teams yeah, for their money too. Like again, over time, more people are playing hockey and there mm-hmm. just hasn't not been that growth at the NCAA yeah. level in terms of programs. So, yeah. And I mean, now you're seeing, I mean, you're seeing HHA teams play division ones and play them to tight games. Like, I mean, that's crazy. And it's, so that shows right there. Like there's not a huge discrepancy between it. I mean, uh, I think while like it, UNLV, I think went up to Anchorage and lost by like one or something like that or two, like it was a tight game. Like you, 
Like that's crazy. Like it's it's pretty cool. And now you're seeing more of those. Like, I remember when they announced they were playing Denver, it was like a huge deal because like it never happened. Like Long Island, like Liberty beat Long Island. Like that was the big one during the COVID years. So, like yeah, so it was a little weird, you know, like it's a little asterisk maybe, but I mean, still awesome feed and it was a huge pump for the ACHA. But you're seeing that more often now. Like Grand Valley's playing Ferris. Like we play them later in the year. You're seeing those matchups happen more often. And like you're saying, like that that discrepancy, that distance between D one, D three, and ACHA is, is really shrinking. Um, and I'd say even more so at the D3 ACHA for that same reason. I was saying, you know, guys are starting to choose it and, and realize, hey, I can still play some pretty good hockey, some serious hockey. It's not a joke. And then also still go to a 40,000 person school instead of a four grand, 400, you know, tiny school. So, well, it, it's funny because not only are we seeing more guys choose the ACHA, we're seeing a lot of guys go ACHA to pro these mm-hmm. days. And yeah. you told me that you have some plans after school. And yeah. It has to do with your citizenship, right? Yeah, that's the hopes. Um, I'm dual citizen with the United Kingdom. Uh, my dad grew up over there, so kind of I've only been there once. But, you know, got got the passport and citizenship and all that. So um, I definitely got eyes a little bit on that, depending on how this year goes with the body and, and you know, points and all that. But you got to get on, like, the TB12 method. Yeah, exactly. Like got to switch something up. Uh, I know these, these young kids, man, kind of, it's crazy. Feeling real old. It's That's the plan. I mean, you know, I, I don't really know what level over there quite yet. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, maybe a sniff in the top league, but most likely the second league and kind of earn my stripes there a bit. But I'm not trying to be a necessarily a career player, but I think it's just, you know, an opportunity that you just can't pass up. Like, even if it's just for a year, you know, live in Europe and, and play pro hockey and not worry about anything else is pretty cool. So hopefully this year goes great and, and I uh, hopefully I end up with the opportunity too. So that's yeah. the goal. Talking about this year, I'm sure like obviously goals to go to nationals. Yeah. Like what else is the team talking about heading into this year? Uh, I think we're, we also got our eyes on the title for WCHL. Um, it's, it's a tough one to win cause there's no playoff. Like most of them, um, it's just pure regular season standing. So it's, you gotta be on all year from first puck drop. Um, but I think those are, those are our big goals. I think nationals is definitely the bigger one just cause we're so close and, um, obviously I don't want quite to say easier, but there's only one champion where you can kind of squeeze into nationals. So nationals is definitely the main focus. Um, I think that's the next step we need to take as a program. I mean, two years of first guy outs. If we have another one of those, I don't know if I'll ever touch the skates again. But, <laughs> but um, so definitely that, and, and, and eyes on uh, eyes on the WCHL title as well. Before you go, any shout outs? Any junior hockey buddies that are going to be listening, or teammates that you've had at Utah that? Don't want to put you on the spot because I'm sure there's a laundry list of them. But <laughs> yeah, no, there's a ton of guys, and and that's the fun part about ACHA too. You end up playing against guys, and I mean, I'm a I'm a big roller guy in the summer, so I play with some of the boys down in Arizona, like Shetland, Overland, um, a couple of those boys, Ryan Fisher, those boys down there. So it's always fun when we we match up against them and, and you know teammates in the summer. Is there like any tummy sticks during that, or uh, maybe a little bit in warm ups <laughs> or like the little jab and and giggle in between face offs and stuff? But I mean, it's a play a pretty tough game so those are always fun and then obviously you know there's crossovers from juniors and guys and i wanted i do want to shout out you know we, we mentioned king a little bit before but alex king is our captain um my whole career up until he graduated and he stayed on his coaching staff so like that's like you said utah hockey legend um so shout out Kinger there for sure yeah he, he polished off the biggest ice cream cone i've ever seen today oh yeah the second skate so oh, i don't know if you got you had eyes on that I didn't have eyes on that specifically, but I've seen him uh, seen him do some stuff not many men can do. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much. Again, I want to thank you guys because the hospitality this week has been unbelievable. You're a very good representation of, of what Utah hockey has to offer. And I keep saying this, now that I'm here and I've met you guys, like 
we're going to be in St. Louis for sure. We got to get you guys down to St. Louis. Yeah. We got to get in and it'll, it'll be a great time. I smooth. No, we, we really appreciate you coming here and, and spending this time with us. Like the boys are fired up. Um, obviously, you know, everyone follows in. It was, it was, so glad, cool. it was glad we couldn't keep, we didn't have to keep it a secret. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that would have been tough. That would have been <laughs> tough. But uh, no, the boys are super happy to have you. And I mean, you're basically one of the fellas anyways. You, you, you've gone through what we're going through. So it's, it's an easy fix and it's, it's fun to have you around. So I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you having me on today. Thanks again to Dylan Dix for joining the show. Awesome insights about Utah. Like I had mentioned, great hospitality from all the guys, especially Dylan. So it was great having him on. Want to kind of introduce a new segment. I think we did this a little bit last week. I'm, I'm calling it Secret of the Pros. We've got so many guys going pro these days from the ACHA, whether it is re-signing deals, signing PTOs, all over the place. We've got plenty of guys I honestly think we might just start doing a pro hockey spotlight, like a weekly thing on, on Instagram to highlight these guys that are, are playing in the pros out of the ACHA. We also had, I believe there's an, an Alabama AAU player who got invited to a Fed tryout. So want to make sure we're covering all these, but a couple guys we wanted to mention on the show. First off, in the Fed, ACHA to the Fed, Parker Rutherford, Robert Morris, M1 goalie. He signed with the Blue Ridge Bobcats. He went 13 Four and one last season. His most notable highlight from the season came in a 62 save performance against the number four team in the country at the time, the Liberty Flames. He saved 62 of 63 in a 4 1 win for the Colonials. No surprise that he's signing a pro deal. Niagara Ford and friend of the pod, Carson Andrew Ole, signed with the Columbus River Dragons in the Fed. And then Eastern Washington assistant captain Reed Kaiser signed with the Elmira River Sharks. They were the Elmira Mammoth. They folded. Now they're coming back as the Elmira River Sharks. We're becoming slowly becoming Fed experts on this podcast with all the Acha guys signing in the pros. A couple guys go to the SP. So want to give them a shout out to a friend of the pod, Roman Kramer. No surprise here. He spent the summer tearing it up in Australia for the Melbourne Ice. Former Robert Morris NCAA player turned ACHA player turned human highlight reel signing for the Fayetteville Marksman in the SP. And Herm, we got a promotion. One of our guys in Binghamton, he's not even going to play a game for Binghamton. Dakota Bond is going up to the SP as well. I forgot to put this in the notes, but I can't remember what team he signed to. Was it, was it Fayetteville as well? Oh, no, it is the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs. So he will join Devin Pepe, another friend of the pod in Roanoke. So congratulations to those two guys. Arguably one of the greatest players in recent ACHA memory, Quinn Ryan, the former Liberty Flame. He's been tearing it up in the coast. He started with the Utah Grizzlies, made his way to Worcester. He's now re-signed in the ECHL with the Worcester Railers. He had plenty of highlights in his days in the ACHA. So want to give him a shout out. We might have to get him on at some point because it's not even like he's just surviving in the ECHL. Like he's lighting it up in the ECHL. So want to give a, a shout out to him, the former Liberty guy, making it big time in the coast right now. So that's uh, the secret of the pros this week. And we'll turn it over to the question of the week. I've been thinking about this one a lot this summer, but I wanted to know what is a food that you guys disliked as a child that you now eat on a regular basis? Herm, I'll throw it over to you first. My family now jokes around and says that I am a monkey. A bunch of bananas are gone in two seconds. I just thought they were like, a. I guess as a kid, the only way to describe it, it was a yucky texture. Wasn't into it. And then I think it was on a hockey road. I think it was on an Ohio road trip at one point. We had no food that I could eat. And the only option was a banana. And I was like, okay, I don't know what I've been doing all these years. Just kind of stuck from there. 
survival of the fittest. You got to do what you got to do. Collins, what, what about you? What's something that you eat on a regular basis now that you used to turn your nose at? I used to fucking hate tomatoes. I just thought there was like nothing to them. Now that I've gotten older, very versatile, very versatile vegetable. You know, I mean, just have it by itself, a little olive oil, salt, pepper, throw some basil, maybe a piece of mozzarella, put it on a piece of bread. Great. Dice it up, more basil, make some bruschetta. Oh, so versatile. Fuck it. Tomato sauce. Why not? Uh, not saying I hated tomato sauce, but versatile vegetable. And it's it's so refreshing just on a hot summer day. Uh, my go-to though this summer has been a sandwich with arugula, tomato, prosciutto, pesto, olive oil. Unreal. Wow. I hate to break it to you. I ordered a, a chicken wrap today and asked for the tomatoes to be removed. So that's that's at the stage my taste buds are at right now. I'm not a sliced tomato guy, honestly. Like I, I'll have the, the little bite-sized tomatoes if it's in a salad. Typically, I ask for them to, to get taken off. I'll go, I'll go for bruschetta, though. See, that's the one thing I can't, I can't get behind. I can't get behind the little like cherry tomatoes, grape tomatoes, whatever, whatever you want to call them. I like, I like the sliced tomatoes. I don't know. I don't know why I can't do the, the the little ones. I guess maybe it was like the the salads at you know the the dining hall when I was a kid, the cafeteria salads that kind of turned me away from those because those tato- tomatoes were always just horrible. For me, it, it is mayonnaise. This has been the summer of mayo. Been getting mayo on like every sandwich. Was one of those kids. I needed the mayo removed at all times, and now I'm like, you know what? Mayo brings a lot to the table. Puts a little sauce on maybe a dry sandwich and it is ready to go. So I think my living with Vinny Barone has helped that. He puts mayo on everything, but not not afraid of a little mayo these days. I feel like mayo is like one of those like, I don't know. I feel like you have to have it on a sandwich. Nobody likes a dry sandwich. Yeah, I used to be a big mustard guy. Now I am almost almost choosing mayo over mustard these days. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like I'm a big mayo guy, but like it's got to go on a sandwich. Like you have to have something. Otherwise, it's just dry bread and meat and it's kind of kind of gross. Well, hockey is around the corner and we, and we won't have to talk about our, our picky appetites anymore. But I, this has kind of been a big Utah episode because we're out here. Just want to again say thank you to everything the crew out here has done. Cannot wait to put this together and show the world. And uh, hope you, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode with Dylan Dix. Picking up pucks time. What do we got? This? Actually, you know, I'll go first this week because I didn't get to talk about it in my introduction. The Murphy Family Wiffle Ball Tournament, the Easy Eds All-Star Tournament, held annually in August in Kearsarge, New Hampshire, in the Murphy Family Backyard. I am like the San Jose Sharks of this Wiffle Ball Tournament. I have just never, ever gotten it done. Every now and then I get close. It looks like I have a really good team can't get it done usually the first one out usually on grill duty because my team's been eliminated and i just gotta sit and watch my friends and family have a lot of fun playing wiffle ball that was not the case this year got off to a hot start had a couple homers in the first game three run shot to put us ahead by a lot team got it done wasn't the best player on my team had a couple errors at third base in the hot corner i missed last year's tournament i think it was exactly what the doctor ordered came back and uh, had a really good year Although I did send uh, a team photo to the Hockey House group chat and no one reacted to it, I still have my pride. I was very happy with my performance. You sent a photo? I didn't even see it. Well, Herm had us on Do Not Disturb for the last three weeks, so. Cons, remember when you called me like three times and you were like, did you see this in the group chat? And I was just like, 
I don't know, I guess not. It turned out my hide alerts had been on at some point, and I didn't even realize. She doesn't <laughs> want to hear from us anymore. God, is this, are you quiet quitting? I think he's quiet quitting. Speaking of quiet quitting, my internship ended last week, and they told us, you better have everything ready to go because at 5.30, you're getting logged out of everything. Why am I still getting Slack messages? Why is that happening? Is the job being offered? Oh, it's not? Why am I getting Slack messages? I guess that's like reverse quiet quitting. I'm quiet listening. Collins, what do you got? What are your final thoughts this week? Oh, I just because I got brand new goalie pants today and made the actually surprisingly, it's not it's a very easy hour and a half drive from Baltimore. Are you a suspenders guy? Mm-mm, not no, a suspenders like guy. Not never been a suspenders guy. Never been a tuck my my chesty type of guy. That actually kind of relates to this. There are a lot of goalies like me. I mean, we're a dying breed. The traditional guys, the guys who like traditional styles of pads, don't tuck. Wear like Vaughn V nines. There's nobody who makes a taper fit pant anymore. And I'm wearing like a Bauer size small now. I was wearing a CCM medium. And they were just way too big. But goalie pants are getting ridiculous. They're getting way too big, at least at the retail level. The 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 pro stock pants are completely different. But they're way too long, ridiculously long. Like the CCM pants from size small to extra large, they are the same length. Who the fuck is going to have a 33-inch waist but also be like six foot? It's ridiculous. It's getting way, way, way too ridiculous now. And also these pants are becoming so wide that like my chest protector, I mean, I at least make it work with the Bauer pants, but the chest protector is just like sits like way out there. And it's like just ridiculous. Like bring back like the Vaughn V5. Those were like my my go to pants. Those were my favorites. I wore them from when I was a Bantam to my sophomore year of college. I was like one of those guys. Herm, what are you? What about you? Closing thoughts. I know you got a lot of work ahead of you this week with the the photography stuff and the the photo of the year. But uh, what are you thinking about? I'm thinking about one of our most recent posts that we made with Sacred Heart and their women's team, Sage Smith. It was quality content. The amount of upset people, like no, not upset people. Don't say upset people. Upset middle aged men. It wasn't just middle-aged men this time. It's young hockey boys. That's really what it is. It is the the 14-year-old kids commenting with gifs of people getting run over, like full Scott Stevens style. Like, what what's your problem? I, I don't know. Some sometimes the content doesn't reach the target audience. Oh boy, the does it just get toxic? And it's it's really frustrating to see and to see the comments that was disappointing. The Andrew Tate effect. That's what that is. That is exactly what it is. Yeah, kids these days. I think we we've 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 talked about this enough. It just people just love to people got other issues going on. They just love to be mean on social media. We see it all the time. But one of our goals and you know, one of the things that we're most excited about this trip is getting to cover the Utah women's team. So we're looking to improve our coverage of women's ACHA hockey. AAU college hockey has a women's division this year officially. So plenty more women's coverage coming your way. And we're excited to bring you to this season. Thank you again for listening. As always, follow us at Hockey House Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. We will see you boys next week. See you boys.